This is Contractor Sense with Ruth King. Welcome to Contractor Sense. Here you discover ideas, tactics, news, and information that matters to your contracting business and you. I'm your host, Ruth King. This episode is sponsored by Profitability Movement. Google profitability-movement to join this community of business owners focused on building profit, increasing wealth, and giving back. Thank you for joining us. Here is how we will help your business and you today. Employee retention, critical for growing a profitable business. I am thrilled to introduce you to Rick Kocheck. Rick is one of the no-nonsense, let's get it done kind of guys. Take personal responsibility? Yes. Excuses? No. As a CEO and strategic planning coach, he has helped thousands of businesses solve their employee retention issues. He's also a baseball fanatic. Being from Atlanta, I'm sure he loved it when the Atlanta Braves finally won the World Series again, just like I did. Rick, welcome to Contractor Sense. Hey, Ruth King. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. I'm so thrilled we actually get to have this finally. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time coming. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, you've had a really great career. I mean, what got you to the point of personal responsibility and not taking any prisoners and, you know, saying, yeah, I screwed up? Uh, you know, I, I think for me, I just got tired of watching um, non-performers be rewarded for non-performing. And, um, you know, it caused me to leave a company once. And, um, and, and that's frankly a big cause for departures, for, uh, for losing and for not retaining employees as the Eagles move on when they're not in the company of other winners. I mean, you just mentioned sports. Think about that. Team, you know, when somebody becomes a free agent, they want to join a team that has a, a high probability of winning the championship. That's, that's number one on their, on their list. Well, same is true in businesses and companies. So, you know, uh, resp personal responsibility to me is a, is a, is a personal ethic of life. Uh, I, I gravitate toward people who are personally responsible. They're not blame oriented. Blame is a blame is a disease that's I think is ruining our country. Um, if I turn on, if you turn on the TV, I, I can count the number of stories where there's blame involved. It's it wasn't me. It was somebody else. It was an event. It was another person. Uh, I don't I don't resonate with that. I don't gravitate toward those people. I like to be in the company of responsible people, and and it starts with me leading by example. I've got to be that person myself. Absolutely. So, you know, and and you're right. I think there was a survey done that said like 68% of the people don't leave the companies. They leave their bosses for, you know, non-performance or not, as you say, you know, putting up with people who don't deserve to be rewarded, getting rewarded. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, employee retention is is really important. So what would be the very first thing you would do to make sure that a company is really good at employee retention? Um, well, you know, I, it's funny, you you kind of hit where I wanted to start, which is you got to ask the question first and foremost, why do people leave? What are, what are the sins we're committing that are causing people to leave? Let's first understand that some people are going to leave and you can't stop that. There's some people like a spouse got a job in another city, the family is moving, or somebody wants to change careers. There's some things you can't stop and you can't avoid, you can't prevent, and you can't feel bad about that. You just got to move on. I want to deal with the ones that are preventable, where there's something we did that caused somebody to say, I, my best option is at a different company, so I'm going to leave. 
I don't want the worst day in the world it, to me is when a high performing employee walks into my office and hands me a resignation letter. That's a horrible day. Somebody I wanted to keep who isn't leaving for a reason I could could have prevented. So where I always begin, I always begin here with what you just said, because the facts are when you ask people why they leave and they're being honest with you, some people will say money, but that's an easy out and it's seldom the real reason. The real reason is people don't leave their company, they leave their boss. Well, that's a huge revelation because now we got to look at the bosses and say, what is it about the boss's behavior, demeanor, decisions, actions uh, that is causing people to not resonate with them? Maybe they feel disrespected or they feel that the boss has an aloof attitude or is unavailable. I can't, I can't even get a meeting or a, a conversation with, or won't listen to me or I don't get recognized for my performance. Let's look at the boss's behaviors because uh, the easiest thing is to say, well, let's just throw money at the problem. We'll pay them more. We'll give them bigger bonus. You know, that's money is always on the list of reasons why people leave, but it's never number one. It's yeah. usually three, four or five down the list. It's not the reason people join. It's not the number one reason people leave. Let's deal with the reasons we can control, which is the behaviors of the boss. So this is to me, it's about leadership. It's about leadership. It's about being a good manager, a good supervisor, a good a good boss, so that somebody says when they get that that offer they can't refuse from another company, instead of saying, you know what, Whew, I'm really tired of it here, I'm going to move on. Instead, they have this internal conversation with themselves that says, I got a pretty sweet deal here where I am. I, yeah. really, <laughs> enjoy, I, I really enjoy the person I work for. I get great opportunities. I get recognized for my contributions. I'm, I'm well paid. I, I don't really have any issues. But it, they better, and yet this other opportunity, it, it may look like a good deal, but it's there's a lot of unknowns there. I'm I, The known that I have is pretty darn good. If you can create that scenario for employees, they won't want to leave and you'll keep your, your aces. So for me, where it starts is it always starts with core values. If you as a company have core values, which are, define the behaviors that are required of everybody, then there's three things about core values. You gotta have them, you gotta live them yourself as the leader, and you have to enforce them universally company-wide. If, if people are allowed to violate the core values and stay without being held accountable and there's no consequences, you're going to lose your eagles because of that, because eagles don't want to stay in, in a sparrow's nest. They want to fly with other eagles. They want to be with, with winners. And, and when I do strategic planning retreats, here's, the, here's a crazy fact that I, and I've now done 393 of them. So I've got a big body of evidence behind me. Yeah. Leadership team members tell me the biggest violators of core values in the company are the leaders. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. It's not, it's not the employees, the general masses, it's the leaders themselves. So the message they're sending is these words that we have up on the wall that, that supposedly define our behavior, they're meaningless. We don't even live them. So you don't need to. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, it's, you know, it's really hard for a leader, a manager to fire somebody who has done one of the you know core competencies or core value things wrong or one of the immediately fireable offenses things because they were such a good employee generating revenues in my opinion that doesn't matter how about yours the same i agree i couldn't agree more 
Yeah, it's it's really, you know, and there is a contractor who shall remain nameless, but he was a real jerk to work for. Everybody knew he was a real jerk to work for. He paid the highest dollar amount around. I mean, literally like five or six bucks ahead more than everybody else to get people, but they never stayed because he was such a jerk to work for. Well, isn't that interesting? See, so what that says is, is um, money couldn't save it. He paid more, but it couldn't stop. He couldn't stop people from leaving because he wasn't treating them like human beings. And and no, he wasn't actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, here's a great story that you, you I think you'll love. There's a doctor named Bernie Siegel who's written books. He usually deals with um, um, terminally ill patients, cancer patients, and things. And in his book, he said that he was invited to give the uh, commencement speech at Cornell University to graduating med students. And before he did that, he went and he talked to several terminally ill patients. And he said, tell me what you want out of the medical community. What, what should I tell these hundred graduating doctors uh, coming out of med school who will now be serving you? And, you know, they said, they basically, they told him five things. They said, let me talk first, knock on my door, say hello, say goodbye, and look me in the eye when you talk to me. Now, interesting that these were terminally ill patients. They didn't say, cure my cancer or give me a liver transplant. What they said was, treat me like a human being. Human being, yeah. And, and, and so this is so applicable to leaders in companies. This isn't just doctors in hospitals. Leaders in companies, bosses, supervisors, we, we sometimes don't treat our own employees like human beings. Yeah. And if we did, it's a huge reason for them to stay. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Before we take a break, Rick, if somebody wants to contact you, how do they do it? Oh, thank you. Um, there's three way, two ways. One is uh, just by phone, 770-391-9122, 770-391-9122, or by email. It, it may even be better because I can get that at midnight. Um, Rick, R-I-C-K, at Eagles dot com s-o-a-r with eagles e-a-g-l-e-s dot com thank you rick and we will be right back thanks for listening to contractor sense you can't that's what my daughter kate told me when i said i wanted to make financials fun the gauntlet was laid down the red blanket was waved in front of the bowl ronin the rubber duck was born this ebook is a whimsical look at financials from a duck's perspective to get this fun, easy-to-read Kindle book, go to Amazon and search for Ronan the Rubber Duck Dives into Financials. That's R-O-N-A-N, the Rubber Duck Dives into Financials. Let me know if I made financials fun for you. Welcome back to Contractor Sense. I'm with Rick Kocek, who is company soar with Eagles and a really cool person. Now, Rick, you didn't mention before the break, you said how to get them, but Suppose they want to get your your weekly Monday morning messaging. How do they do that? Oh, thanks. Well, like you, who does your Monday Contractor Sense newsletter, which I subscribe to and love reading, I have one myself. It's called the Two Minute Monday Motivator, and uh, it comes out every Monday morning. Um, if you will go to my website, which is same as my email address, soarwitheagles.com. Um, you can uh, just, there's a, 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 a right on the, the homepage, there is a 
uh, line that says subscribe to e-newsletter. Uh, sign up for that. You'll get it every Monday. And it's a jolt of adrenaline every Monday. And who doesn't need that? Yeah, absolutely. And if you think I was kidding about being no nonsense, that newsletter is no nonsense either, which is great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right. So let's get back into the employee retention piece of this. Let's assume that we are living our corporate values. We are, you know, we're, you know, walking the walk, talking the talk, so to speak. You know, that's step one. What's step two? Um, well, I think there's a lot of little things that we can do as leaders that uh, that keep people engaged, uh, interested, fascinated, and and making them say, you know, I want them when they're having a beer after work, talking to a friend, I want them to say, man, you ought to come to work at my company. The, what we do there is so awesome, et, et cetera. I want them telling those positive stories. So here's some leader behaviors that will drive that kind of employee conversation. First, uh, so a lot of leaders don't involve their employees in decision making. They feel like as the leader, it's my job to make decisions, uh, pass on what those decisions are, and then everybody just has to live with them. I don't believe that. Um, I believe that a leader should be a problem poser, not a problem solver. And what that means is, let's, let's, let me gather my team and say, here's the issue we're dealing with, and here are the ramifications of it. You know, I could take a shot at solving this myself, but, you know, eight heads are better than one. So let's let's wrestle with this ourselves. And I think together we can come up with a great solution and then shut up and let yeah, the team absolutely. roll with it. You know, yeah. because I will tell you, they will come up with things you you never would have thought of, probably would have been better than yours. And, and the best part of it is when it's their idea, they'll implement. Yeah. When it's your idea, they'll resist. Yeah. It's really funny because um, at the end of every fiscal year, some fiscal years end December 31st and others are different parts times of the year. Um, one of the questions and survey things that we always do with our clients, we ask them to ask their employees, you know, what went well this year? What didn't go well? What did we learn? And what do you want to do next year? And then the goals get, you know, distributed amongst everybody and they vote on them. You know, this is what we want to do for a second, third. And obviously the leader, the you know, the CEO has veto authority on any of it. But the reality is, as you said, if the goals are written by them, the goals are voted by them, then guess what? They will go do the goals. And the really interesting part is when they're not reaching goals, you can say, hey, this is what we plan to do. This is where we are. It's not, you know, we're not reaching goal. What do we need to do? And they come up with the answers. You don't even have to do anything. You are right on. You're right on. When I lead strategic planning retreats, my process is built on two things. Number one, it will not be the CEO's plan when we're done. And number two, it won't be Rick's plan. I'm the outside. I'm the outsider they hired to bring in and lead it. It will instead be a collaborative effort of everybody who sat at that table and together thought it through. Only then do you have buy-in and only then do you get great implementation. Yeah. Now, a question for you when you're doing that. Um, a lot of times, if the owners have never done this before, the first year, everybody kind of goes, yeah, right, we're really going to do this. But when he actually does it, and it actually comes to fruition, it's like the second year, everybody really dives in and then because yeah, they know that it happened. It wasn't, quote unquote, lip service. Well, you see you're that? right. Pardon me? Do you see that happening also? Well, uh, well, I see it and I don't see it. I see it I, and this may sound like bragging, I apologize. I see it when I'm facilitating because the process I've created is one with, because it's collaboratively created and the team buys into it and they implement it, it's something they do want to do the next year because they they realize the success they've had. 
But before I've gotten hired, they often have done strategic planning a different way, which led to uh, the plan dying in three months. Nobody, yeah. uh, and, and when that happens, then they don't want to do it again. And they're always wary of, well, who's this new guy? What's he coming in with? And how do we know this is going to be any different than what we've been through before, which has always failed miserably? Yeah, and what we've been through before, we've never been through this before. Why, why are we changing now is usually right. what comes up with it. Exactly. But, you know, they're, you know, it's like, okay, somebody who's been a real jerk decides they don't want to be a real jerk anymore and they want to grow a profitable company. Guess what? You got to start with you. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So that's there. All right. What's the third thing? Well, another thing, um, every leader at, at sometimes has to have difficult conversations with employees, sometimes even your highest performers. There's something you got to clear the air on. There's something they're doing that you've that it's unacceptable and you have to have that conversation. One of the things leaders often do, and I think is they do it wrong, is they they you know we're we're kind of in a different thing with covid and there's you know we're doing everything on screen now instead of sometimes in the office but sometimes they call them into their office and i think your office for a leader is your is your power zone it's your desk is your wall of it's your barrier between you and your employees i never do those difficult conversations in my office i always use neutral ground i'll say let's go out and get a cup of coffee or or let's go to your office or let's meet where you want to meet um, when you want to have a difficult conversation, you've got to create the, the environment that you have that conversation in is part and parcel to the impact and effect it's going to have and whether or not it's going to hit the mark. So if you put people off in the beginning by, I, you know, I'm in their turf, I'm on the leader's turf, so I'm scared to begin with, right. that sets the whole meeting off in a, in, a, in a bad light. So go to neutral ground and there's plenty of places you can go. Yeah. Another and, some, and sometimes you'll just go and, and ride with them. Sometimes that's it. Just get in the car and drive. It can be that simple. Or go sit in a park bench. There's 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 a lot of ways you can do it, but make it neutral ground. It make it non-threatening. Um, another one is to explain the why. This is something that leaders often don't do. You know, we we're so busy and we have so much responsibility as leaders, whether you're the supervisor of a department of three or four people or whether you're the CEO of the company, you're, we're all leaders. And when we make decisions, sometimes all we tell our team is what the decision was with no background, no, no uh, why, no why we did it, no what were the criteria, no what other options did we look at. We just tell the decision. Well, when you do that, it's like, it's like hearing the president of the United States making a decision that doesn't resonate with us, whatever party he, he may be in. Uh, it doesn't matter as we all sometimes have disagreement. But when we know the why behind it, here are the factors we took into account. Here's what we looked at. Here are the resources we had available. Here's what we didn't have available. Here are the other options we looked at. Here's what our competitors are doing. When you, when you look at all of those things and you explain those, Pete, you can much more easily get buy-in to a, to a thorny decision uh, that you wouldn't have gotten had you not done that. But leaders, for some reason, feel sometimes that, you know, this is information I know. I don't have to tell them everything. I think that's a mistake. I think the more you tell, the more buy-in you're likely to get. And buy-in is the key to team success. No buy-in, no success. 100% uh, buy-in, great success. Absolutely. Rick, give everybody your phone number and your website again, please. 
Uh, thank you. 770-391-9122. 770-391-9122. Website is, uh, or email address is Rick, R-I-C-K, at soarwitheagles.com. S-O-A-R with eagles, E-A-G-L-E-S.com. Rick, thanks so much for being with us today. I appreciate it. Ruth, thanks for having me. My pleasure. And thanks to you for joining us. Choose one thing that you discovered and implement it in your business. These ideas, tactics, and strategies help you make more money, have more free time, and give back. If you like today's program, spread the word. Please review this podcast on any device you're listening to it on. Help a fellow contractor make more money too. For comments or questions, call me at 770-729-0258 or email Ruth King at hvacchannel.tv. Thanks for listening. Have a great and profitable day.